Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Jessie, yeah. can I say you look really pretty today? Thanks, You've made an effort, got makeup on, wearing black, my favourite colour. Thank you, Mum. I tell you why I've made an effort today, because we have the founding owner of Studio 54, and I didn't want him go going through his mind that he'd be like, you wouldn't have got him. So I made a bit of an effort. <laughs> and also, I'm with you, and to be fair, we don't have any excuses. We are just doing this all week. Yeah, I know. And I always make an effort. Yes, you do. And I've learned from really shit selfies that I need uh, to put a bit of makeup on. Lippy, but you look really beautiful, oh, Thank you, Mum. It must be that pregnancy glow as well, yeah? No, you just look... I think the hair dark is good. Yeah, because I've had so many greys. Yeah. Anyway, um, today we have... Well, I've kind of already introduced him, but today we have... An icon. An icon, a New York icon. Yeah, he is. A cultural icon. A style icon. And a scene icon. Yeah, I mean, he's like the king of scene. The, the scene. king of the scene. His name is Ian Schrager, and he was one of the two partners. Founders. Uh, founders. Yeah. Of Studio 54, the most iconic discotheque. Yeah. Kind of in the world. Yes. But especially in New York in the 70s. He's had quite the journey from starting... Studio 54, the which, glamour. Um, with his partner, Steve Rebell, who actually passed away, um, to then going to prison for tax charges, to then having to restart, and now is probably one of the biggest hoteliers, entrepreneurs in, in, in the, the world, world yeah. and has some of the most successful hotels in the world. And I'm so excited to speak to him about some of that time in Studio 54, and also about his hotels now and how he's still kind of the scene king. I'm wondering whether he's a bit fussy because oh. we got an email yeah. from his publicist saying that he was quite, he needed a Starbucks grande bold, bold and half and half, half and half on, the, on side. the side that he pours in and a small Perrier's and a full fat Coke. Full fat Coke. Now, we did have big Perrier's and then we freaked out, so we went and found some small Perrier's. So I'm, in, I'm interested to see whether that's come from him or... Whether he's a fuss pot. Whether he's a bit of a fuss pot. Yeah. Um, what have we made him, Mum? I've made Linny's, just because it's four in the afternoon, he's only here for an hour, just a little something yeah. to go with a, a drink. But I bet you he won't eat anything. 
Why do you think he's not going to eat anything? I think he's probably one of those people that does that. He that this, does things yeah. his way. Yeah. Right. Unlike us, if Unlike there's food in front of us, yeah, we'll we will eat it. it. Yeah. We have Ian Schrager in Chelsea. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. I watched your documentary. I thought the documentary was great. Thank and you. I mean... Were you happy with it? Uh, yes. Because I feel like you must have had involvement in it because... I did. It wasn't the film I wanted to make. Right. But because it came out well uh, and uh, because it had a, a drama to it and because I trusted Matt, mm. you know, I, I went along with it. I thought you came across really... I thought, for me, who... So I'm a singer, first and foremost, and then I decided to do this podcast with my mum, and we invite guests over, and it, we talk about food and food memories, but it, it always kind of escalates into different bits and bobs. But um, and my new record that I'm making is very kind of um, paying homage to this kind of 80s disco... I mean, this, you were in the 70s, kind of, when um, Studio 54 happened, but... Um, but for me, it was so exciting just to see those faces and to see like the world. And I just kind of, it just seemed like such a whirlwind. And the fact that it was only, what, 36 months? 33. 33 months. And I just want to know about that party. I mean, I want to talk about your hotels and everything, but I just want to know about the party before you went to jail. If you're happy to talk about the fact that Nile Rogers said it was almost bigger than the opening party. You know, um, Diana Ross playing. I, I really wasn't in the mood for a party. Whose idea was it then? Uh, it just uh, took on a life of its own uh, and uh, always trying to show a strong side. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going to jail tomorrow. Let's throw a party. Kind of to something incongruous about it. But, you know, and I really didn't want to go. I would rather spend time with my girlfriend at the time. However, I, I thought if I didn't go, my uh, absence would be very conspicuous. So I, 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 I needed to go. Was your girlfriend really pissed off? Was she like, I want a night in with you? And It wasn't so much that. It's just that you know, it wasn't really a celebratory time. No, right. Was she a famous person, your girlfriend at the time? Uh, she was a fashion designer. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, I think it just shows you how wacky the whole thing was for us to have a party yeah. before going to jail the next day. It's crazy. And I bet the hangover was pretty bad the next day. I'll never forget, you know, we were like, I was kind of catatonic, mm. uh, and, and as was Steve. Mm. And you really don't realize until you actually hear the door slam behind you. I bet. So... But it was fun. Steve Steve had a really good time. Good. And I, I, I guess I had a really good time because he had a really good time. Well, it seems like with your partnership with Steve and Rebel um, and you, it, you were the kind of quieter, more mysterious one that was in the background maybe. And Steve was like, he was the person that had... Well, I mean, this is what the documentary says, but, you know, he would, he'd be there. Everyone knew him. I imagine high-fiving everyone, knowing everybody, and there's that amazing... But, like, the that amazing clip in the documentary where Michael Jackson comes in, and Steve's getting interviewed, and he goes... And he's ch chatting about the club, and he goes, hey, Michael, yeah, come over. And Michael comes over, and he's like, hey, Steve always looks after me. And it's like... it just it, it, For people watching somebody like 
me just to see that's your that was every night somebody or other you must have been exhausted uh yes it was uh when monday came around which was when we were dark uh you know steve and i were just completely wiped out we used to go to dinner and uh chat about things but it was really a totally consuming like holding on to a lightning bolt <laughs> the only way i can explain it what what sorry why was it called studio 54 uh, because it uh, was called Studio 52 uh, because it was a TV studio. Okay. And for some reason, they called it Studio 52, and we just changed it to Studio 54 uh, because it was on 54th Street. And people performed live there? Or it was before just us. Before you. But it was then a theater. It, it was a theater, but then it was just DJs. Who was your we favorite? didn't believe in having performances because we thought you run the risk of stopping the party. And uh, if you stop the party, you, you may not be able to get it started again. You know, there's a kind of, uh, uh, there's a momentum that builds up. There's an energy, some inexplicable thing that, that happens. Uh, and uh, so we, we would have moments during the evening that would goose the night but they would never last more than a minute, and they would never stop the party. They were meant to enhance it, to push it to a new level. Uh, you know, uh, when you're watching a performance, it could be very exciting, I suppose, but it's a very static Yeah, it's true. Experience. I mean, when I'm at a wedding, I like the wedding band for like two songs, and then I'm like, give me the DJ. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I, I, so on those Monday nights, you and Steve, you say you went out for dinner. Was there like a place you used to go? Like, was there a particular meal that you would, it kind of would be that Monday used to go to this place called Frankie's and Johnny's. It was a steak place. I've heard. Uh, it was on the, yeah. in the second, second level. It, was, it felt a little bit, it, it was a speakeasy when uh, um, liquor wasn't uh, legal. And it was upstairs and quiet. <laughs> That's what you needed. Went. <laughs> right. So sit there and have a steak and, and just sort of catch up, catch our breath. And that was the night uh, that uh, uh, Time magazine and Newsweek magazine and all the magazines came out. So we would go home and you Flick know, read through all the magazines. And see the photos, the paparazzi that was the only night photos. Of rest. But still kind of working, flicking through, seeing what kind of uh, the results of... Was enjoyable. Right. But it was, uh, it was just nonstop. It was nonstop for, uh, for, you know, it lasted. I mean, the nonstop activity by us lasted for more than 33 months. But, you know, during when studio was open, it was just a nonstop uh, whirlwind. Did you like the Studio 54 movie? No. Why not? It had nothing to do with reality. It was... Uh, an exploitation. Uh, it was. It was probably one of the only movies Miramax at that time did that uh, wasn't wasn't any good. It was just. It just wasn't good. I, di I, I didn't like it. I didn't want to be a part of it. And so I guess doing having the chance for this documentary to come out. I mean, which you you feature in a lot, and it's your. You know, I think you come across brilliantly. Um, there was more control there, and would you? Would you? I, you know what it is. I didn't. You know, I wanted to do the film. I went and I brought in Matt Turnauer. I went in and I brought in John Bassick from uh, London, who was a very accomplished producer who recently did uh, Life in Twelve Bars with Eric Clapton. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I, I wanted to do the film. My idea of the film was to kind of uh, connect all the dots. What happened? Why did it happen? And so on and so forth. But I trusted Matt, and I was willing to be completely open and honest, thinking that I'd be able to convince him if I didn't want to use something that was embarrassing to me. You know, people forget the bad stuff 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. So why do I want to talk about the bad stuff? Mm -hmm. But that's like asking a fox. He's in the chicken coop. Don't eat the chickens. But once I started telling him about yeah, uh, things, he, yeah. he wanted to use it. And he said, look, uh, you know, it, it's dramatic and, and it's compelling and nobody ever really heard it before. And, you know, so my, my desire to be involved with something good, mm-hmm. I went along with it. Um, it's a big day in America today. It's the midterms, voting, and just to kind of go back to the um, documentary, you said something, um, you got the right of voting taken away from you. And you say how, how when you don't realise, when you, you don't have that freedom and that it was, it was awful. And I know that Barack Obama pardoned you, but does it mean that you get, you've got your vote back? Thank God. Thank God. So you got it back only, what, like two years ago? Or? No, when, uh, with the pardon. Oh, crikey. Can I ask, have you you voted today? Um, You know, you do something like what what Steve and I did. Um, The punishment isn't only uh, going to jail or whatever. It's taking everything away. It's like taking your epaulets, stripping your uniform, taking everything away from you. Part of the process. But, um, you know, uh, we showed that uh, that process works for us. You know, we made a mistake. Uh, We uh, paid our price. You know, we uh, picked ourselves up and and went on and and became successful again. So we're kind of proof that system works. And have you voted today? Yep. Okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess you'll never not vote again, right? First time in a long time. Oh, man. Well, You you need to vote. (laughs) Everybody needs to vote. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, Do you still live in New York? Yes. And you you are a New Yorker, right? Jewish? Yes. So we're, we're Jewish. We're, Jewish. we're family religious. Uh, you know, I'm not. My 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 family was uh, somewhat religious. My grandfather was a rabbi. Oh right, um, okay. Uh, but uh, I'm more I'm more respectful uh, for my heritage, and uh, you know, I observe the holidays, and I want my son to have a bar mitzvah, and. But in, in terms of a real religious and keeping the Sabbath and things like that, I don't do that. You sound a bit like us. Yeah. And we eat shrimp. Exactly. <laughs> because it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you were brought up whereabouts in... Brooklyn. Okay. Oh, you've got the accent, I think. You haven't lost it, oh, have really? you? Yeah. I thought you thought I was from London. <laughs> no, I love your accent. I hate that because people always say it to us, but you've got the most wonderful Brooklyn accent. It's such a good one. It's so gentrified now, Brooklyn. Never thought I'd go back. Really? Do you live there now? No. No. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I grew up, uh, your uh, goal was to get out uh, and move on. Uh, now people are going back. I guess the same way they went back 200 years ago. When it yeah. got too expensive in New York, to Manhattan... People moved to Brooklyn. So where did your parents come from? What, what's your ethnicity? Uh, my then? parents were born here, but, but their, uh, parents. their parents came from, uh, my father's side came from uh, Austria. 
Austria. And my mother's side came from uh, Russia. So were your families, like, were your family big on Jewish cooking, Jewish food? My mother, yes. What was her best Jewish dish? I mean, everything. I mean, she used to make great kapilta fish. Uh, she yeah. did everything, you know, and uh, and my father really liked it as well. We all, we all really liked it. And, you know, uh, the house smelled Jewish. Yeah, when, uh, <laughs> I know that. It's like my grandma's like that. Yeah. It kind of always has the sa- faint smell of kind of chicken broth. Something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, so. Where would you go for good chicken soup in New York now? Oh, boy, I don't know. There's one restaurant downtown called Sammy's Romanian. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I've never heard of it. That, uh, that, you know, there are restaurants that are kosher. Yeah, but it doesn't mean they make the best food. This feels like you're in a Jewish... Yeah, Sammy's uh, Romanian. Sammy's Sammy's Romanian. Does he do other things good, like chopped liver and... Yeah, yeah. We should Hazel, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe we should go. I love Hazel. Lots of garlic. Lots of garlic in the I've Hazel. I've never had Hazel. Who was that? Hazel's like, um, well, uh, Grandma used to make it. It's like you, you can stuff the, the skin of a chicken and you stuff it with stuffing and then you We've you got a cookbook. It. Can I actually go in the cookbook? If maybe, you... Hazel. Um, so my friend who lives here, he's a nice Jewish boy and now he lives in LA. So I just sent him a care package of Ross and Daughters smoked salmon and bagels. Cause yeah, you, can't, you can't get a good bagel in LA, I tell you. So um, I, um, I wanted to know, because obviously you are, I mean, what would you call, would you call yourself a, hot, a, on, a hotel, uh, you're kind of everything, right? Well, I'm an entrepreneur. I guess you could call me a hotel, you know. Uh, well, can we talk about your hotels? Because some of your hotels, are, some of them, well, for me, I remember, you had the Hudson. Yes. And I remember when my sister was living in New York and it was like the place to go. And it was those big, that big escalator and it kind of felt like you were going into space or something like that. And it didn't feel like a hotel. Who designed it? Who, uh, yeah. Philippe Stark. That was oh, he, that Philippe was Stark. one of his. But you work with him quite. You yes. worked with him quite a lot, and also the Edition hotels you've, which I really, really love. Have do you have you been to every one of your hotels? Of course. What's the What's been the hardest project? Uh, the Gramercy Park Hotel. Really? What made it so hard? Because it wasn't my uh, normal aesthetic. It was more of an intellectual exercise for me, doing something much more decorative and baroque than what I had previously done. And so, you know, I, I didn't have an instinctive feel about it. So I had to think about everything. Uh, and, uh, you know, um, having to th- think about everything and having to, like, get a little bit intellectual about it, it doesn't come quite natural. And I mm-hmm. wasn't as sure of myself, you know, with it because it was something I'd never done before. Very broke, very operatic, very over the top, you know, where I usually try and do things very simple and uh, restrained, provocative, mm. but simple. And that's been happening since Studio 54 when you decided to kind of hire the Broadway lighting designers to That was create... really a stroke of luck. Really? Yes. You know, out of... Uh, because at that time, that's what I call the garage age of nightclubs where, you know, they... The technology had a garage phase. Everything was being made in garages. Rock and roll had a garage phase. Uh, Till big business took over both those things. At that time, 
uh, nightclubs was a very young industry. You know, you painted everything black. You had a record play, you were in business. So there were only a couple of guys that were doing uh, nightclubs at that time. Regine was doing it in Paris. Uh, and uh, so all the people we could have worked with, the usual suspects, were told not to work with us for competitive reasons, I suppose. Right. So uh, we had a very uh, time frame where we had to get open because if we had opened after that, everyone would start leaving for the summer. So we had to get open, you know, so, so people would at least get a taste of what it was. Uh, and uh, so we, the lighting guy and the sound guy, there's only one of each. <laughs> uh, we couldn't, wouldn't work with us, so we had to, to pull something out of a hat. And going to Jules Fisher and Paul Moran's was really a seminal event for, for, for the place and for me because I had never worked with someone so capable and mm. so brilliant uh, before. So it was very expansive for me. And having come from the theater, it was their idea to use the fly rail, which is what you use to pull scenery in and out. It was there, intact. <laughs> so they said, you should use that. Okay. Uh, and uh, everything, uh, you know, went from there. And was that how you had the, like, moving of the sun and the moon? Right. So you'd kind of take people through sunset and to right. kind of, yeah. It just, it sounds like such a kind of immersive experience. Totally. Salt every sense. Everyone, every, you know, touch, feel, taste, smell, sight, everything. And then those old bloody super DJs in Las Vegas went and kind of bastardized all that. <laughs> you, know, you know how the thing is different the way if you look back, you can connect the dots. You know, I, I think I used to pay my DJ $60 a night. <laughs> I remember one time a DJ came in, had his name in neon and put it on the DJ booth. I practically jumped off the balcony to get his name off there. You know, it was just a different time. Now some of these DJs in Ibiza, mm -hmm. they make $25, $30 million a year. Yeah. So, you know, but, but when you look behind it it, 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 it has turned that business, the DJs have become entertainment. And uh, it's a different business. Mm. Uh, but um, then it was, it was much more raw and spontaneous and... You didn't have to know anything, uh, and uh, you know, uh, Studio Fifty Four cost uh, me uh, four hundred thousand dollars to do. Uh, and um, when we did a second nightclub, I didn't have a new idea. That cost me ten million. <laughs> uh, was that Palladium? Yeah. That yeah, and that was after you came out of prison. And you did. Yeah. And um, and I yeah wh wow, that's a big difference. And what? How many years is that difference? Uh, Palladium was eighty five. Eight years. Yeah. But studio was the original idea. Yeah. Which, you know, has no correlation with the amount of money you spent. Mm. Uh, and uh, Palladium wasn't a new idea. It was just more. And it cost more. What is Studio 54 now? Do you know? It's still there. I think it's used as uh, a theater uh, uh, for, for long-running shows still basically there all the rigging that we did are all down and the floor has been leveled uh, but it's still there who was your most exciting celebrity that used to come regularly you know uh, everybody that was a celebrity then everybody you came to New York you stopped there yeah 
everybody. So actors, singers, there was every playwrights, major everything. Actor. I mean, every everybody was there. I mean, at that time, you know, could have been the Rolling Stones, or it could have been Mick Jagger, or John Lennon. Could have been a particular thrill. You know, for me, uh, Coretta Scott King was there. I mean, everybody. And who was the best dancer? Yeah. Oh. I wonder who. I don't know. Is I'd like to think it was Bianca Jagger. She used to dance a lot uh, with uh, this guy, Sterling St. Jacques, who was a really good dancer. Um, everybody was there. I was in a room with so many big names and so many celebrities that you actually become numb. I mean, everywhere you look, there's a big celebrity, and you know what? Nobody cared. No. No. And they all mingled together. Right. That was the beautiful part about the whole thing. Can, you, can you dance? Yep. Do you still like dancing? Occasionally. Yeah. When you hear disco, does it send a shiver through your spine, or do you feel like, does it bring you back to that place? No, uh, I, I liked, uh, I liked uh, the disco music. Uh, there, was a real, there was a real backlash against it uh, after studio. Yeah. That maybe studio was uh, responsible for. It's incredible that a place like a nightclub would have such a long-lasting, profound impact yeah, it did. On, on, on music and on, on, on culture. culture. Yeah. yeah. Kind of... Um, Sexuality. It was integrated, wasn't it? Sorry? It was very integrated in terms of race, very. gender, sexuality. So it wasn't like That's a the gay nightclub. It was just mixed, yeah. And That's where the energy comes yeah. from. Nothing more boring than being in a room full of rich people. No, true. You know, uh, and so the, the, that that energy, combustible energy, comes from the sparks that fly when people who you wouldn't ordinarily see together or see socializing together are in fact doing that. It, it's so unlikely, and that unlikeliness is what creates the energy. That is so thick you could cut it with a knife. I mean, exciting. So fun. It, you know, people. It was just. The energy was so palpable. I'm glad I got to experience it. What was the defining song for you that is Studio 54? There's a song I play every time I open up a place called uh, The Way of the World. That's the way of the world. I remember <laughs> it. Uh, Who sang it? What was it? It was uh, the sound of Philadelphia. Come to me in a second. Oh, I've got to look it up. Um, for some reason, I've forgotten it. But I loved all of it. I mean, I think uh, I Will Survive was a very prominent hit. There are a lot of great songs, a lot of great Donna Summer songs. and Donna um, Summer. What was the... Do you remember the song that closed Studio 54, like the, the last song you played before uh, you walked out? I Will out? Survive. And you did. the last song. You, you did. did. Why? <laughs> For sure. You bloody did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Came out on top. Um... I wanted to I I wanted to know because obviously this is I I just want to hear about dancing and I kind of feel like there wasn't that much food involved in Studio Fifty Four. None. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I, I it was drinks and drugs, right? Yeah, I used to think at a party that a food food at a party can't really help it; you can only hurt it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, you know, are you Jewish? Really? I'm talking about a dinner party. <laughs> No, okay. no, you're talking about a party. But, you know, like, you know, 
because I think people are there for for socializing and 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 for camaraderie and 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 having fun uh, and uh, meeting people and. Um, so, you know, in the kind of like a 300-person party and all, I think, I used to think, and maybe I'm wrong, that um, the food can hurt it if it's not done well, if it doesn't taste good, if the service is bad, then people come away talking ill about it. But, you know, but if you have a dinner party... <laughs> Yeah, of course, the food has to be spectacular. But but people came late, didn't they? They'd have eaten their dinner, and so people started, it was late. You energised, ready for action. People started at midnight, Can can I ask how the food was in prison? Was it just... (laughs) You could pick up scrambled eggs, and they would all stick together. The place I was in, they used to come around and give um, sedation to some of the... um, uh, prisoners. Why? So, I guess they were very aggressive. So it was like trading with the pills and everything. That, oh my god! That um, the food was terrible. There was no effort. Uh, it was it was there for subsistence. Terrible. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. How many more hotels do you have in the making at the moment? Like, how many jobs do you have going at the moment of the kind of developing? Uh, we're working on about uh, 40 in, in total. 40? You must be exhausted. No, you know what? As you get, um, you know, as you get older, yeah. your mom, yeah, you know, you kind of figure it out. Yeah, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you don't agonize over every issue. You kind of know the universe of possibilities. There's only a certain amount, finite solutions to, and you get more confident uh, because uh, you've been through it. And so I find that, and I can do, in working with Marriott, I can do much more than, I, than I've ever done before. It's much, much more expansive for me. So uh, I can work on a lot more. You don't want to stop and retire and go and have big three months in Hawaii. I'm lucky. I love what I do. Yeah. So when you love what you do. Do you have a gone holiday? Yes. Where do you go? You know, I. One of your hotels. No. <laughs> well, where would you the stay then if you're not at your hotels? Which hotel? I, I would rent a house. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. In in Miami, I, I have an apartment in one of the hotels. Oh, nice. But um, you know, I can go anywhere, like wherever. You know, you have I, to go we where? have homes, so we go yeah. to homes and we relax, and you know, uh, we have a young uh, a young son and. It's difficult getting all the girls together when they can go with us. Have you just got one child? No, five. You've got five. So four girls and one boy. You finally yeah. got the boy. Yeah. Mazel <laughs> And do any of them want to go into the family business? I, I don't know. 
I have one, not me. You know, maybe two. I, I don't care. You know, I want them to just be happy. You know, what's so funny when when I was growing up, uh, you know, my you know my uh, parents wanted a doctor and a lawyer, and they got it. My you were the lawyer. Doctor. You were yeah. I was a lawyer. Yeah. But I don't have any ambitions for my kid other than the being happy. Yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of doctors, she got the doctor. I got a doctor boy, yeah. Who did make, and there's no pressure if you don't fancy it, but if you were like, the doctor made some banana bread. If you wanted a slice, I don't. you're welcome to have some. Otherwise, we did do some oh, blinnies, blinnies yeah, some smoked there. salmon blinnies with sour cream. Which I did make myself, homemade. You, so. Would you like a little something to eat or not? No, no, no thank okay, you. Okay, fine. Yeah. Thank you very um, much. But now, you love Starbucks. Uh, or is yes. it just like you went for the... <laughs> like, the my manager went over there and ordered that the person straight. went... Whoa, that's the strongest we do. You know, it's strong coffee. I think it's, I don't even drink it all. It's like more of a, uh, just something to keep me busy, I suppose. And why do you only like the small Perrier, not the big one? I don't know. I, I like to take the bottle, chug it. Oh, take well, a bottle, yeah, chug it. We've got them for you. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see it. Thank We've you. got your, your Coke and, and your Coke, So yeah. you basically, you are business. going to be up all night. Yeah, but do you know what? We thought you were going to be really fussy and you're gorgeous. You're just very easy. Yeah, I'm easy. <laughs> yeah, you are. Now, where, because you get to eat all over the world, because you travel, you have hotels all over the world, where is your favourite food destination? Uh, it depends where. Uh, in in New York, uh, it depends. Like for steak. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay, let's go I'm with New York. We're do, we're doing a New York special. So, New York. Some of your favorite spe- places that you get to eat. Oh well, for for steak, I like uh, Peter Lucas. Oh, I've heard that's amazing. Uh, I mean, there are there are others, but uh, that's uh, the best. Mm-hmm. I like Nobu for uh, Japanese food. Yeah. Even though it's kind of unique Japanese food. For Italian food, I like this restaurant called Patsy's. Where's that? Uh, it's on 56th Street. It's uptown. Is it's, it fancy uh, or is it kind of more low-key? Is it quite low-key or is it quite low fancy? It's low-key. I mean, there are a, a lot of big shots uh, and celebrities go there, but they really just go there for the uh, for the food. Okay. Uh, Jesse, and, um, we're going. What's your favorite sort of food? I like all kinds of food. I mean, uh, you know, I like it all. Uh, Do you go Asian. out for dinner every night? No, I we stay home. You stay home. Very bad for my reputation. <laughs> we stay home. We and it, is, your, is your wife a very good cook? We have a cook, but she oh, was a good a cook. cook. Uh, and uh, we try and eat at home. And, uh, you know, it's like at this point in my life, having done everything and been there and done that more so. You know, to me, it's about loving my work and and loving spending time with my family. What's on the menu tonight? I don't know. Is it a surprise? So it's a surprise. You like it being a surprise. But will you be like, listen, can you just do that meatloaf this week or whatever? Will you kind of make a few Sometimes requests? Sometimes I go in and I ask for something okay. specific. Okay. What did you have for lunch? Oh, I had a, a salad uh, with a, a kale and chicken oh, salad. Kale. Bloody don't get kale. my mum started on kale. She's sick to death of it. They... Does everybody eat kale in the States? They look like pieces of kale soon, I'm telling you. People are into uh, health and, and well-being. Yeah, no. So we ask all our guests, as this podcast is called Table Manners, we ask whether you think you have good table manners. I do. Okay, and what would, what's your worst table manner if you're sitting with somebody at dinner? 
you cannot tolerate in the other person? Uh, taking food, uh, eating out of a platter. Oh, okay, with their fork, not yes. using the serving spoon. But that's okay. very common in some countries. Like we, we, we go to Greece, and that's how they eat. They share. They just pick it. Sharing is one thing. And they smoke at the same time as they're eating. Sharing is one thing if you go in and you're sharing. That's a different thing. But, you know, that and eating from other C- Cross-contamination, yeah. you can't have it. No. You can't have it, fine. I, you know, it's just a quirky thing That's for me. That's fine, it's good Not to know. Not everybody feels like that. No. Start eating before everybody gets served. Before okay. you went to jail, did you have a, mi- a, a kind of last meal before you were going to go and have horrible no. prison food? No, You have to understand, you know, we were in a daze. We didn't know what to expect. Mm. It, everything was unreal. We didn't think we lost our way because we were friends with the same people. You know, we weren't living in a very ostentatious way, so we thought we had our feet on the ground. Little did we know that we had got completely uh, intoxicated uh, with the success. But there's nothing you can do to prepare yourself for that. So it's like uh, jumping in the water and not knowing whether it's cold or whether it's deep. You're very wise. I mean, you're not bitter at all that you ended up going to prison. You're very accepting of the fact. If you become bitter, then you've lost Yeah, you've lost. It's true. That's the one thing I couldn't afford to lose. Losing my enthusiasm for life or, you know, becoming bitter is, is paying the ultimate cost. And um, so that didn't happen. Did the girlfriend at the time stick with it? Or yes. Did she, oh, okay. So she was waiting for you. Yeah. And people visited you, family and everything. You know, well, for the for six months, we were in New York. So uh, people used to come and bring uh, smuggle dimes in so we could make phone calls. Oh. Uh, and, uh, did they and smuggle they anything would, uh, else in? Bring in new sneakers. Oh, <laughs> sneakers. So we would switch... When, uh, oh, right. Clever. Things like that. How long were you in prison for? 13 months. You and Steve were in the same prison, though, weren't Thank you? Thank God. They didn't split you up. They kind no. of, you could be Thank together. Thank God for that. And you were great friends. Great. I Best, thought that was... Never, had, never have another friend like that. You'll miss, you miss him. Yes. You know, it had a devastating effect on my life. I mean, I you died when he was a young guy. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, it's been so long ago, kind of get anesthetized by, by, by all the problems and troubles that happen in life. It's true. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, I was sad when he wasn't around for the pardon. And I was sad yeah. when I finally got a liquor license back. Wow. Uh, <laughs> well, I loved the story that you basically would, you'd, you'd apply for catering um, permits kind of every night because the liquor license wasn't going to come in time for you to open in that like six weeks well, that you were trying to... It wasn't technically a violation, by the way, <laughs> what we did. But, it's clever. You know, um, yeah, just today, we, we were trying to be so protective, I call it, of our beloved Studio 54 that we almost ruined our lives. Uh, and so when, when, when they wouldn't give us a catering permit for that night, we were going to take the risk of going to the weekend because we didn't want to hurt the business and then try to get a lawyer on the phone and try and get it on Monday. 
Is food important and the restaurants in your hotels? Yes. So you've got major chefs. Very important. Yeah. yeah. Matter of fact, the people from, oh, I remember when I first met all the people from uh, uh, Marriott uh, and, the, and, and, and the current CEO of Marriott asked me, what's more important, the bar or the restaurant? And the restaurant, mm. because it is a bed and board proposition. You know, you got to have good food. Not only a scene, but the food has to be good. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, when I first started, I was really only interested in making a scene. Uh, but now I, I take great pride in being involved with a restaurant that has really good food, that when the food is put on the table and you're eating it, it is just really good, really delicious. Uh, so I think uh, And it looks beautiful. Pardon? And you want it to look aesthetically yes. beautiful, yeah. Not precious. Not precious, but look nicely but, presented. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, you say you, were, you weren't so interested about making, did you say making a scene? Like, because, I mean, Studio 54 was like the most kind of famous scene. And I, I heard about Public, which is a hotel here in New York. And correct me if I'm wrong. So it doesn't have... A reception it has people with kind of, and you you check yourself in or people don't help you with your bags and things like that it's quite kind of you, you can you explain the reason for that because you go from doing studio 54 which feels so kind of elite it like it's it's exclusive to them public feeling kind of like you know everyone gets stuck in and it doesn't have that kind of if you're not on the list you're not coming well in. you know everything changes yeah Cars change, refrigerators change. Uh, and so uh, now, uh, you know, we're just kind of stepping back and, and trying to think what's really important to people. Mm. What do they really care about? Do people really care about Bellman when everybody's suitcases are on wheels? And they're on wheels because you have to walk so much when you're at an airport. So, you know, I know when I would go to a hotel, I would be bothered when I would come down into the lobby, have to give a tip to somebody who takes my bags outside, then have to give another tip to somebody that loads it on the car, then have to give another tip to someone that closes the door. Is that stuff important to me? No. Do people need help uh, when they come in when they have a lot of bags? Yes, they do. Mm -hmm. So we're figuring, out, figuring that, that out. But it's really an idea of... Um, of, of figuring out what's important to people. You know, I think uh, when you come into a hotel, every single transaction that you perform, if it can be done better with technology and without any friction, and it allows you to get something cheaper, it's better to do it that way. You know, when people say, well, they want the, uh, the personal touch, it's, it's baloney. I mean, uh, do people mind getting on their iPhone and getting a number from Google rather than calling up an operator and telling an operator, telling them about the telephone. They don't care about that. You know, it's like we have to unlearn certain things. Mm. You know, in, in China, everybody pays with the phone. Everybody. Here, it's slower. I know. It's slower than even in the UK. It's Because crazy. you have to get out of your old habits. So this idea of coming in and checking in quickly and getting right up to your room, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. and, and if the check-in is done with a razzle-dazzle to it, it's fun, like the iPhone is. 
it, it's not an issue. So it's just having the nerve to try something new and show people something but, but they didn't the, know they wanted or needed. Yeah, but yeah. if there's someone old like me, would they help slap the back? We're going in? to have someone helping for the OAP. Oh, there's someone there to assist you. To <laughs> okay, there is. So because if I don't what? want to schlep it out of the car and I can't lift it, you know, someone is there to assist you. It's easier. It makes it cheaper. It's smarter, mm. and it's where things are going. Mm-hmm. Like true. it or not. Yeah. And that's what's going to be happening. Does this place have a restaurant? Yes. It does. And it has a nightclub. Yes. Which is quite sceny. Yes. It's quite popping. You know, the thing is, you come to New York, you want to see the best of New York City nightlife, New York City restaurants. So the idea is go right downstairs. It's all right downstairs. And those places are meant to attract the people who live here. Because the people go to a hotel people want to go do. with the people in the no-go of that city. People yes. do go to hotels more than we do in London. You know what? Yeah. Because we, we've talked about um, how much we love um, the addition the we, we go to the restaurant. Oh, yeah. fuck, what's it called? The fucking... Um, Burner's Tavern. Tavern. Burner's Tavern. Oh, it's He's that, great, the, Jason. Burner's Tavern. I remember I took you there and it just felt exciting. We weren't staying in the hotel. I went there again because it was just nice. But I remember having... Best mac and cheese. Best mac and cheese. It's quite phenomenal. We've talked yeah. about it on, on, oh, very, the, on the show good. before. Yeah. Jason's great. We're doing a lot of stuff with him all over. Are your hotels well lit? Most hotels in New York have this very dim lighting. Well, now I don't know if it's to hide I, your wrinkles uh, or because what. Because of me? Is it because <laughs> of you? You're the reason. I can't. Uh, you can't see. I have to put my iPhone on to see you know, the lift. I, I always like to have the light. We don't use any fluorescent light. Only incandescent. All right, and you don't hit like an old people's home. I understand that. <laughs> no, but, but we like everyone to look good. So it you is know. because you, of that. It is, you kind of go for a sexy approach. It's, it's, it's very sexy. Yeah, but I'd like to be able to see if they do look good, but I can't because it's so dark. <laughs> no, but sometimes we like to think that it's not too dark, but when other people copy it, maybe they make it too dark. But you Yours know, perfect, we have different light levels during the day. You know, we have three okay. different settings. So at night, it's... Well, at night is a certain uh, intensity, and at, at 11 o'clock it gets darker. So we look good. Okay. So you look good and you feel good. Yeah, but I have to put my glasses on to be able to see anyone. Well, what or are you doing press in the, the public space reading at 11 o'clock? <laughs> 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 reading the, the menu. <laughs> trying to find the button on the, the menu. The menu you can see. No, and you know what else? The button you take on the this lift. out and That's what I have to do Everybody to find does the that. lift for the button on the lift. <laughs> Such a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been Thank so romantic so and wonderful. Thank pleasure. you so much. Mom and daughter. really interesting he was lovely he wasn't a fusspot at all at all he did drink his coffee but he said he just likes to hold it in his hand almost like a safety net yeah it's like a safety thing but he was he was warm and fun twinkly eyes twink yeah twinkly but i just couldn't get over the fact the dim lighting in the whole of new york's down to him (laughs) to make you look good yeah, because he cares about that and sexy. And I really enjoyed asking him questions. I thought maybe he'd be a bit bored of talking about Studio 54, but his eyes lit up every time we took him back to talking about it, and that was such a pleasure to see. You know, for something that has was kind of... Uh, there was such a rise and fall with it, 
And that he doesn't look back badly on that. He kind of has such fond memories and it just... How lucky to have had such a whirlwind and... So exciting. So exciting. And that he's still working so hard. But I loved the way he said that Studio 54 wasn't for the elite. It mixed race, gender, um, rich, poor. And that's what made it the exciting melting pot. And so dynamic, really. Mm. I thought it was very interesting. What a pleasure to have Ian Traeger on our table manners in New York. By the way, Jess. What? The way of the world is earth, wind and fire. Oh yeah, I like that when you start singing it with your That's with your di- the oh, there's the disco hands. Of the world. Mum is now pointing her <laughs> finger and swaying. Jessie, you'll have to get into that with a new album. Okay, I will. Thank you for listening. I'm Jessie. I'm Jessie's mum. <laughs> Mum, you are a star in your own right. And he thinks you're very lucky to be able to be with me working. Or was that the other way around? Mm. (laughs) Mum, I feel like you're almost like Cheryl. Like you could just be Lenny. Yeah, I think I am. You're like the only Lenny. Yeah. I mean, there's Lenny Henry. And there's Lenny Bruce. Or there was. You're the only female Lenny. Absolutely. Basically, you're Cher and Cheryl. And then there's Lenny. Muzzle. Thank you, Jess. are in the Lower East Side in Ian Schrager's public hotel who after the podcast he kindly invited us to come for a dinner so we have ordered the whole menu my friend Simon is speaking very loudly about his love life in New York which is pretty non-existent at the moment my mum's on her third Cosmo and she's eating a potato latka Mum, what do you think of the food? This is great. This is great. And the latkes have Russ and Daughters smoked salmon and caviar on them. Mum, are you having a lovely time? (laughs) Did you just say three Cosmos in? I'm fucked. Oh, I'm fine. (laughs) Mum, what do you think of the loo? I'm lucky I weed in the right place. It was so dull. And then the boy there showed me the way. I I have to say, Mum, I'm struggling with this light too because it's not helping the jet lag at all. I don't know where I'm at. I've lost the plot, Jess. That gorgeous boy showed me there. Anyway, thanks so much, Ian. Live and direct from uh, the public hotel. Thank you. The Table Manners music you have been enjoying is by Pete Fraser and Peter Duffy. And our dear editor and producer is Alice Williams.